2: This episode contains distressing themes and descriptions of violence This podcast is intended for a mature audience Listener caution is advised They Walk Among Us is part of the Acast Creator Network historic buildings, fine yellow sand, and a rocky coastline on Half Moon Bay make Hesham a charming destination. There are scenic views across Lakeland Fells and Morecambe Bay, but the seaside town in Lancashire is not all picturesque landscapes. It's impossible to ignore the sombre grey concrete of the power station. Located on the outskirts of Heesham is Levens Drive, a quiet residential neighbourhood consisting of predominantly semi detached bungalows that back onto rolling fields. The vast majority of the residents are of retirement age. In the early morning hours of May 28, 2018, as usual, Levens Drive was peaceful. Shortly after, 4am, however, an early riser in the neighbourhood noticed the distinct aroma of smoke in the air. As she glanced out of her bedroom window, she could see that her neighbor's bungalow was up in flames, with thick black smoke billowing from the windows. She immediately called the fire service and then hurried outside where she was met by a disturbing sound cutting through the passing smoke. Although the noise was muffled, it sounded like a woman screaming for help.
1: He had easy access to her home. He took advantage of her kind nature and set fire to her home when she was still alive and in the property.
2: Welcome to Season 7, Episode 30 of They Walk Among Us, a podcast dedicated to UK true crime. Born in 1924, Mary Gregory was a familiar face on Levens Drive. After moving from Nuneaton in Warwickshire, she lived in the neighbourhood for many years. The change of scenery suited Mary well. Her son Chris lived nearby with his wife and stepson. Mary had experienced a long and eventful life. She was happy to spend her winter years in Hesham. The 94-year-old was a fiercely independent woman, despite the fact that she had been diagnosed with dementia. She fought to be as self-sufficient as possible. The syndrome had sometimes left Mary feeling confused, but she kept mobile and had a sharp wit. She also took immense pride in still being able to live in her own home alone, and she always made sure to keep it pristine. That said... Mary had come to the point in her life and illness where she accepted her situation. Things were made easier by a handful of carers who came to visit on a daily basis. They helped Mary wash and dress herself, as well as prepare food and carry out odd jobs around the home. The carers kept notes about Mary's well being so her family could see how she was progressing. It was an arrangement that suited Mary perfectly. She was given the freedom of staying in her own home as opposed to a care home, but she had that extra assistance when she needed it. Around 4am on May 28, 2018... Lancashire Fire and Rescue Service were alerted to a house fire on Levens Drive by the home's smoke detector. At the same time, phone calls were being made by other residents in the area, either awoken by the shrill sound of the fire alarm or by the overpowering smell of smoke. Three fire engines were dispatched to the semi-detached bungalow pulling up outside. Six firefighters put on their breathing apparatus and forced entry into the property. They were almost overcome by the dense smoke. They successfully tamed the fire with assistance of two hose reels. Once the blaze was extinguished, the firefighters carefully made their way through the home in search of anyone that could be trapped inside. The living room was clear and so was the kitchen. They then proceeded into the back of the property. Upon entering the conservatory, which led to the back garden, firefighters found 94-year-old Mary Gregory. She was huddled underneath the coffee table, awkwardly positioned in front of the conservatory door. Motionless but miraculously still-breathing, firefighters lifted Mary up off the ground. They carefully manoeuvred her onto a stretcher before placing Mary into the back of an ambulance where she was treated by paramedics for smoke inhalation. They sped off to get Mary to the Royal Lancashire Infirmary as quickly as possible. When Mary arrived at the emergency room, Her entire face and body was black with soot. Even the inside of her mouth was affected. She was immediately taken to intensive care and placed on a ventilator. Police now had the daunting task of informing Mary Gregory's family of the horrible incident. First of all, they made contact with her son Peter who rushed to the hospital to be by his mother's side. Mary's other son Chris, who lived on Combermere Road in Hesham, was paid a visit. Unfortunately, he was not home, away at a music festival in Scotland for the weekend. Instead, Chris's stepson, 17-year-old and Danton, had opened the front door. He appeared half asleep, but was already on the phone with his stepfather. Tiernan informed PC Jack Stewart that Chris knew of the fire and was returning as soon as he could, after being contacted by his brother Peter. PC Stewart asked Tiernan whether he was going to the hospital, but Tiernan explained that his stepfather had ordered him to stay at home. PC Stewart later said, It seemed to me as if he was in some sort of shock. After all, Tiernan was only young, and such a tragedy had never occurred in the family before. Back at the hospital, Mary Gregory's loved ones all gathered by her bedside. They were overcome with grief as they witnessed her deteriorating condition. Mary was still attached to a ventilator, Despite being washed by nurses, her skin was still stained black from the fire. Tragically, Mary Gregory never recovered and passed away in the hospital on June 1st. The coroner would conclude the cause of death was pneumonia and smoke inhalation. A joint investigation by the police and fire brigade was launched to try and uncover the source of the fire. Andrew Stone from Lancashire Fire and Rescue Service was called in to thoroughly examine the property. Stone determined the fire was accidental, and the most likely explanation was that Mary, a smoker, had dropped a cigarette in her front bedroom causing the blaze which spread and in turn, she died from the effects. An inquest was scheduled, and in October 2018, it was concluded that Mary Gregory's death had been nothing more than a tragic accident. Life in Hesham returned to normal as Mary's loved ones tried their best to pick up the pieces and move forward. Still, the fate that befell Mary was never too far from their minds. What made Mary's death all the more poignant for the family was that they had always warned her about the dangers of smoking inside her home. And now, the very worst thing that could have possibly happened happened. Or so they thought. In May 2019, almost a year to the day of Mary's death, something unexpected occurred that changed everything. A phone call was made to the police from a therapist to inform them that one of her clients had shared a deep and disturbing secret. That client was 18-year-old and Danton, the stepson of Chris Gregory, Mary's son. On May 9th, Dr. Ruth Quinn was having a therapy session with Danton when he said something disconcerting. He revealed that he had a friend who could send him to prison for something they knew. Perplexed by the statement, Dr. Quinn pushed for some more information. Danton then said that he had attended an event and felt powerful because he knew something that nobody else in the room did. Dr Quinn ended the session by stating, ''I'm not really clear what you're saying, but I think you're trying to tell me you've killed someone.'' Danton then nodded his head. When Tien and Danton was a child... His mother married Chris Gregory. Chris had happily taken on the role of Danton's stepfather. As he developed into a young teenager, Danton was plagued by depression and intrusive thoughts, thoughts which Chris described as very, very disturbing. On top of this depression, Danton struggled with anxiety it was decided that he would be removed from school and be homeschooled by his stepfather. This was the family routine until Danton started further education in 2017, enrolling at Kendall College and later Lancaster and Morecambe College. With Danton away from home more frequently, Chris was able to spend time with his elderly mother Mary, who lived just a couple of miles away. Much like Chris, Mary had taken Danton under her wing and treated him no differently than her biological grandchildren. She had felt comfortable with Danton popping into her home daily, but as Danton's character transformed due to his mental health problems, Mary told her son that she did not want Danton visiting anymore, at least not on his own. She complained to her family that when Danton came over, he was disruptive and messy, leaving her feeling uneasy in her own home. Instead of taking heed of his mother's worries, Chris instead provided his stepson with a copy of Mary's house key so that he could come and go as he pleased. Chris surmised that the more people who had access to Mary's home the more people could frequently check in with her and keep her company. But Mary was not happy with this decision, and she often complained about Danton to her carers. The weekend of May 27th, 2018 was no different. Tin and Danton had shown up at Mary's home while his stepfather was in Scotland. The carers made a note of the tense atmosphere that afternoon. They wrote on a notepad that Mary was upset with Danton, and they had argued. Early the next morning, Mary's home went up in flames. Around a week after the first therapy session in which Tin and Danton alluded to a murder, he came to Dr. Quinn for another session. This time he was accompanied by his stepfather, Chris Gregory. During the last session, Dr. Quinn had informed Danton that she was duty-bound to inform the police if he had in fact murdered somebody. But first, she allowed him the opportunity to come and speak with her with an adult present. He chose to bring his stepfather. Danton and Chris sat down, and Dr. Quinn told Chris what his stepson had told her, before adding that Danton had something shocking he needed to say. Chris seemed stunned and said to his stepson, Is this all about my mum? Danton responded, I set fire to the curtains with a lighter. What? At 3 a.m. in the morning? Chris replied. Dunton calmly stated, Yes. Chris was in disbelief. He turned to Dr. Quinn and said there had already been a coroner's inquest. Dr. Quinn responded by telling Chris that it was her duty to inform the police of the confession. A wave of emotion washed over him as Chris grappled to make sense of what he was hearing. Dr. Quinn recalled, He said he would do everything in his power to stop me doing that because it would ruin Tiernan's life. Chris then told Dr. Quinn that he would support his stepson and always love him. Dr. Quinn recollected there was an anger and aggression in him. He was very strong in that assertion and he went on to say there had been a coroner's court around his mother's death and that everything was done and dusted and she had died from asphyxiation. After Chris and Danton left her office that afternoon, Dr Quinn called the police. Following on from the confession, Tin and Danton was arrested in connection with Mary Gregory's murder. A new inquiry into the fire that killed Mary was launched by Lancashire's Force Major investigation team. One of their first steps was to interview all of Danton's friends. Based on the comments that Danton had made to Dr. Quinn, investigators knew there was at least one friend who most likely knew about the fire. Interviews would uncover that there were in fact two. A couple of weeks after Mary Gregory was laid to rest in June 2018, Danton went to his friend's home. The group of teenagers sat around listening to music before playing a game of Truth or Dare. When it was Danton's turn, he picked Truth. His friend Alex Cousins asked him what his deepest and darkest secret was. Danton refused to answer, was goaded by Alex and another friend, Liz Collins. Danton asked Alex and Liz not to think any different about him if he divulged his darkest secret. They both confirmed that they would not before Danton chillingly responded, I have a secret I haven't told anyone. I may have killed someone. Alex pushed for more information, assuming that Danton was just trying to show off. Danton then admitted that he had killed his grandmother and claimed that he had done so because he did not want her suffering from dementia any longer. Alex's Cousins recalled to the police. He said he had been to see her while his dad was at a music festival. According to Alex... Danton had told them that he had dropped a cigarette on some clothing on the floor and that he had either disabled the fire alarm or taken it down before leaving. Alex stated, After lighting the fire, he said he went home to get changed and went to bed. Following the confession. Tien and Danton asked Alex and Liz never to reveal his secret to anybody. His friends agreed that they would keep the information between them. The two girls were true to their word until around a year later, when Danton made the same confession to Dr. Quinn. The circumstantial evidence against Tien and Danton was quickly mounting, but the police wanted to hear directly from him. Danton was taken to the police station and presented with the confessions he had made. He refused to answer any questions, but gave a prepared statement through his solicitor, in which he said he had confessed during the therapy session out of, quote, misplaced guilt over his grandmother's death. As Danton was being interviewed by detectives, other officers were searching the home where he lived with his mother and stepfather. In his bedroom, they came across a notebook which contained a drawing of what appeared to be the floor plan of Mary Gregory's home. The drawing had several notes, which read in part, Garage, good hiding place. Doorbell, good distraction as well as easy access and good alibi. After searching the property, the police removed Danton's mobile phone and laptop, both of which were forensically examined. It was discovered that on May 30th, several days after the blaze, Danton had googled Hesham House Fire, followed by a visit to the website lanksfirerescue.org.uk. Later that evening, he searched, Can autistic people go to prison? Followed by, Murderous campaign. I want to cause evil. Over the intervening weeks, Danton googled yet more ominous terms, such as, Murderer filled with despair. I'm a murderer. And... I'm a monster and I'm going to hell. On June 9th, he searched, Are homicidal thoughts and anger symptoms of severe depression? And I think I might be turning into a serial killer. Please help. The following month, Danton began to research schizophrenia and suicide as well as researching serial killers who struggled with mental illness. That same month he visited his local GP, where he was prescribed diazepam. On August 22nd, he again used Google and this time searched, Can God forgive serial killers? Serial killers' remorse and Feeling guilty for putting a loved one out of their misery. He later googled the term urge to kill again. It was four days later when Danton confessed to Dr. Quinn he had searched mental health support for murderers. Police soon learned that these incriminating search terms had preceded Mary's death as well, which led them to believe there was a level of premeditation. On April 13th, 2018, he searched for under 18 murder. At the time, Danton was just 17 years old. After scouring the internet for more information, Danton then googled, How long do murderers get in prison? Murder was clearly on Danton's mind for some time, and police soon discovered that he had made a kill list which he had saved on his mobile phone. This list contained numerous names as well as detailed plans to stalk and attack women. The case was gaining more momentum as police were working around the clock, but now Tianan Danton was recanting the confessions he made. He acknowledged that he had admitted to the murder of Mary Gregory, but said that he was not being truthful. The comments he made in the Truth and Dare game quote had to be understood in the context of my mental health issues and in particular my attention-seeking behaviour at the time. According to Danton, he had wanted to shock his edgy friends because he believed that would make him more likeable. He explained that he had not had any friends since the age of 16 or 17 and only told them what he thought they wanted to hear. Danton remarked, I said certain things because I thought it would make them like me and increase my standing. While the initial investigation at Mary Gregory's home concluded that the fire was an accident, Considering all of this new compelling evidence, a further investigation was warranted. During the reinvestigation, forensic scientist Graham Stewart Baxter examined the photographs of Mary's burned home. Baxter theorised that the fire had in fact been ignited with a match or a cigarette lighter as opposed to a cigarette, which was previously speculated. Baxter also said that it was patently obvious the fire began in the early morning hours of May 28th, starting somewhere between the bed and the window of the front bedroom. The blaze had been burning for a period of time in a slow progression as opposed to a quick fire. As details of the scene were again examined, It quickly became apparent that the telephone in Mary's home had been unplugged before the fire, which meant that she could not have called for help. Even more shocking was one of the smoke alarms had been dismantled, just like Danton's two friends had suggested. Rubbish was also recovered from a kitchen bin, an empty can of coke and some chocolate wrappers. Items purchased by Danton at a service station around 2.20am, shortly before the fire. Furthermore, the table where Mary had huddled underneath had been strategically placed in front of the conservatory door blocking her escape. According to the investigators, all the evidence indicated that this was a cold and calculated murder. With steps taken to ensure that Mary could not escape. After investigating for more than a year, the Lancashire Police took their evidence to the Crown Prosecution Service. On March 8, 2021, 20-year-old Tien and Danton was charged with murder. As details of the arrest reached the eyes and ears of the public, Mary Gregory's family released a statement which read, Mary was a much-loved mother and grandmother to us, and she has been sadly missed every day since her death. It has been very hard for us to come to terms with the tragic circumstances of her death. As a family, we need to understand the truth about the circumstances which led to her death to allow us to come to terms with her passing as best we can. The next morning, Danton appeared at Blackpool Magistrates Court where he spoke only to confirm his name, age and address. District Judge Jane Godwin committed the case to Preston Crown Court And remanded Danton into custody.
1: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices.
0: and 365-day returns.
2: This episode of They Walk Among Us is brought to you in association with Sentair. Ever entered a seemingly perfect space only to feel like something was missing? That's where Sentair comes in. Centair diffusers are sleek and fill your space with vivid fragrance for up to 300 hours. And the Centair app lets you schedule your fragrance and control your intensity right from your phone. What's more, all of Centair's more than 60 fragrances are phthalate free, cruelty free, safer for families, and EcoVad is certified sustainable. Differentiate your space with scent. Try luxury home fragrance trusted by the pros by going to scentair.com and using promo code Us for an extra 25% off your first order. That's promo code Us for an extra 25% off your first order at scentair.com. The murder trial began at Preston Crown Court in November 2021. During opening statements... Prosecutor David McLaughlin QC detailed how the initial investigation into Mary Gregory's death determined that the circumstances were accidental. McLaughlin then ran through all of the evidence that had been collected against the defendant before telling the jury the prosecution's case is that far from being a tragic accident... Mary Gregory's death was brought about by Tin and Danton deliberately setting fire to her house. The defence disputed this, however, claiming that the fire had been accidental and that the confessions Danton had made were a complete fabrication. The jury would hear from Alex Cousins, to whom Danton had confessed during the game of truth or death. She detailed the admission, and was then asked by David McLaughlin QC, Did you believe him? Alex responded, Not at first, because of watching horror films and CSI films. I thought, you were bluffing. Forensic scientist Graham Stewart Baxter would testify next. Baxter took the jury through the crime scene, detailing how the most likely explanation for the fire was a naked flame ignition from a match or cigarette lighter. The prosecutor asked Baxter whether it was possible the fire could have been caused by the dropping of a cigarette. The expert witness responded, I couldn't totally exclude that possibility, but in my experience consider the likelihood of that being the case to be extremely remote. The forensic scientist's conclusion differed substantially from Andrew Stone, a member of the Lancashire Fire and Rescue Service. Stone initially determined the fire was an accident, and still held to this belief despite the multiple confessions from Tin and Danton. When Stone took the stand he told the jury, I still feel a cigarette was the most likely cause of the fire. However, he acknowledged that no cigarette butts or unsmoked cigarettes were found in Mary's home. Moreover, according to all of Mary's carers, she never smoked in her front bedroom. David McLaughlin QC asked, Could a deliberate ignition be a realistic possibility in this case? Stone responded, I consider it's highly unlikely. Testimony then shifted to the aftermath of the fire when police went to the home where Danton lived with his mother and stepfather. At the time, Chris Gregory was at a music festival and Danton had opened the front door. PC Jack Stewart recalled, His hair was a bit messy, and he was just wearing a pair of shorts or boxers. There was no smell or signs of him being near a fire. The defence called on Chris Gregory, who made it abundantly clear he was standing by his stepson regardless of the fact Danton was accused of murder. Mary Gregory's son told the jury about Danton's depressive episodes as well as his intrusive thoughts. He explained that Danton was interested in all kinds of dark things and that the defendant enjoyed reading books on serial killers, but as he said, quote, it was all fantasy. Chris told the court that if he genuinely believed his stepson had purposefully killed his mother, then he would have gone straight to the police himself. Tin and Danton would be called to testify on his own behalf. He once again reiterated what he had said to the police when brought in for questioning. Danton claimed that the case was all a big misunderstanding and he had completely fabricated the confessions. According to the defendant, he made the admission to his friends during the game of truth or dare simply because he wanted to impress them. As for the confession he made to Dr. Quinn, he said he just wanted attention. When questioned about the ominous search terms he had made, Danton claimed that they were only in relation to his interest in true crime, and he said he did not even understand the true definition of the law surrounding murder. After a week-long trial, the prosecution and defence rested. During closing arguments, defence counsel John Harrison QC told the jury that the confessions that his client had made were untrue. Harrison stated, They were false confessions. With the truth-or-dare game, it appears to have been a misguided attempt to impress friends. To the counsellor, he said he had killed someone. That was pure fiction. He was troubled by intrusive and dark thoughts which led him to blame himself for what happened to Mrs Gregory. The barrister reminded the jury that Andrew Stone from Lancashire Fire and Rescue Service never shifted his conclusion that the fire was caused by a discarded or dropped cigarette. Harrison turned to the jury and said, We say the fire was not started by a naked flame because if it had been, there would be a completely different scene. It started as a smouldering fire in the region between the bed and the chair. It did not happen near the curtains. The jury consisting of seven men and five women were then sent to deliberate. As the verdict was read aloud, Danton closed his eyes momentarily as his stepfather bolted out of the courtroom. Other members of the family broke down in tears. The decision was unanimous. Tien and Danton was found guilty of the murder of Mary Gregory. Outside Preston Crown Court, Detective Chief Inspector Zoe Russo addressed the waiting press and spoke about the victim and her killer. ECI Russo said, Danton regularly visited Mrs. Gregory's home after her son took him under his wing at a young age. Danton would spend time at Mrs. Gregory's bungalow and not only took advantage of Mrs. Gregory's kind nature, but he also used his access to her home to meticulously plan his murderous act.
1: Since his arrest and culminating in his dishonest evidence during the trial, Doynton has protested his innocence and sought to evade
2: justice. My investigating team and the jury saw through Doynton's lies. Peter Gregory made it abundantly clear that Tien and Darnton was not a member of the family who raised him. And described the devastating effects of the fire. Tien and Darnton has been reported widely as my mother's grandson. In fact, he has no biological or legal connection with our family whatsoever. The last three and a half years have been traumatic for my family. We lost a loving mother grandmother, aunt and dear friend in horrendous circumstances. Now that the true and full facts of the, of the fire have come to light and the perpetrator of this callous and evil act is behind bars, we can at long last have some closure and solace knowing that justice has been served for my mum. So where are we now? In November 2021, Tien and Danton returned to the courtroom to learn his fate. As he sat at the defence's table, other members of his family were seated in the public gallery. The courtroom fell into complete silence as it was time for the victim personal statements. While Chris Gregory was standing by his stepson, other members of the family were not so forgiving. his other son Peter laid bare the cruelty of his mother's death. He told the courtroom how he had rushed to be by his mother's side in the hospital after learning about the fire. Peter's face welled up with emotion as he said, Watching her try to speak, choking on her words, was truly awful. That is a memory I will never erase from my mind, nor will I ever forget the vile cruelty she was subjected to. The images of her in her final days haunt me. Peter Gregory then went on to speak about the fractured relationship with his brother Chris who had chosen to support Danton despite the evidence against him. Quote, Mum's death hit my whole family extremely hard. She was in reasonable health for a lady of almost 95, and I believe she would still be here with us today if Danton had not killed her. Losing a parent is always hard, but when they are taken from you by such a callous act... It is simply heartbreaking. My three children lost a dearly loved, kind and caring grandmother and my wife a close friend and mother-in-law. Peter spoke about the impact Danton's actions had on the entire family, even three years later. His children had their educations disrupted by the mental anguish and trauma that comes with a murder and the subsequent trial. Peter said, Having learnt that my mum's death was at the hands of Tin and Danton, whom we had willingly welcomed into our family home is disgusting and shattering. He was frequently in mum's house in the final months leading to mum's death. She despised and distrusted him, and did not want him anywhere near her. I must live with the burden that my brother Chris Gregory, Danton's stepfather, did not heed the warnings from his mother to stop him going into her house and even gave him keys. Following Peter Gregory's statement, Mrs Justice Yip turned her attention to Tin and Danton. The judge acknowledged the defendant's mental health issues along with a diagnosis of autism by a consultant forensic psychiatrist. However, it was confirmed Danton did not experience any psychotic symptoms and there was no evidence of any formal thought disorder. Mrs. Justice Yip concluded there was nothing to suggest the killing was an act of mercy and the defendant intended to murder Mary Gregory. The only mitigating factors were Danton's previous good character and age at the time of the offence. The judge explained that murder carries a life sentence with a minimum term which would need to be served before a prisoner could be considered for parole. Even if released, they would remain on licence for the rest of their life. Mrs Justice Yip told Tiernan Danton, On your own evidence, you are fascinated by serial killers and their crimes. You had dark thoughts. Internet searches which you made before and after you killed Mrs. Gregory paint a worrying picture. Your opportunity to act on your dark thoughts came when your stepfather was away. In the early hours of the 28th of May 2018, you went to Mrs. Gregory's home and deliberately started a fire in one of the bedrooms. It is hard to imagine the horror Mrs. Gregory must have felt when she realised her house was on fire and was filling with smoke. Neighbours heard her screams. Despite her frailty, she tried to get out, but she had been trapped. The fire service found her near to the conservatory doors where you had blocked her exit. The final days were spent in hospital, quite understandably, a condition in those days continues to haunt those who loved her. The judge sentenced Tin and Danton to life with a minimum sentence of 15 years. Thank you for listening and special thanks to our patreon supporters for more information on this episode please see the show notes or visit our website theywalkamonguspodcast.com